Welcome to the Glasgow Girls Club podcast, where we chat to inspirational folks throughout the city about living their best lives and encourage our listeners to grow and glow. This podcast is sponsored by The Corinthian. The Corinthian has revolutionised Glasgow's meeting, eating, socialising and gaming scene, boasting 14 rooms spaced across five floors. This unique venue is the only one of its kind to offer a range of fantastic space, including bars, club, brasserie, meeting rooms, private dining rooms, as well as a stunning gaming room all under one roof. Preserving much of the 260-year-old Grady listed building, a former bank and high court in Merchant City, it is definitely worth a see. And if you're a member of the GGC Web Club, you can now flash your keyring in the Corinthian Brasserie to receive 20% off the a la carte menu. Hello and welcome to the GGC podcast. My name is Laura McGuinness and every week I'm out and about in the city interviewing some inspirational folks for y'all. On this week's podcast, I catch up with Head of Business Development at Fake Bake, influencer, connector and one of my favourite humans, Victoria Halliday. Chatting about everything from Vic's unique story of how she came to win her job at the world's largest independent tanning brand, to forging friendships with celebs and everything in between, we also focus on her inspiring positive outlook on life and how she is a massive advocate of goal setting. Prepare to fall for the charm of this wonderful woman. Have a listen. So hello Victoria. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. <laughs> it's good to finally have you on the GGC podcast. I know we've been talking about this for a long time. Probably since it started, <laughs> which is nearly a year and a half ago. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, so let's start from the beginning. Let's hear about you because you're a woman of many talents. You have been the most exotic, far-flung places. You've been to the amazing events. You know a bunch of celebrities. But let's start at the beginning before you go into the world that you're now in. So tell us about you. Okay. Uh, well, I'm from Rossi originally, the island of Butte. So obviously for those that have been there, it's a wee tiny small island. It's lovely. I was born and brought up there. I am one of three. So I have my lovely sister, Emily, and I have my brother, Boyd. And the three of us are in such different paths, but... So connected. Um, I left Rossi when I was 17 and moved to the big bright lights of Glasgow. Um, I was living with my gran and grandpa before I left the island and moved up here and then met Mark who is now my husband when I was 18. So I've wow. kind of grown up with him. Um, we didn't get married until 10 years ago but I've been with him since I was 18. So yeah, it's been an exciting time. An exciting time. And tell us about, because we will get into your brother and sister because they're such a big part of your life. And as you mentioned, the paths are so different. So different. So it'll be good to chat a wee bit more about them. But let's chat firstly about your career. Okay. Because you were always, I, I hear a bit of a party animal at school, <laughs> is that right? Okay. So at school, I was, I've always loved meeting people socialising, everything like that. So at school, um, yeah, I was went to Rossi Academy. I was head girl there and in a yearbook, uh, somebody had put, in years to come, Vic will be planning the next party or event. So it is, how true is that? <laughs> like, <laughs> So it's quite funny that now both you and I go to a lot of events, like to plan events. So yeah, it's, it is funny how life has a funny way of working out the way you're made to. I wasn't really that academic at school. 
Um, and fifth year, I only passed my English, so I got a C for English. And in sixth year, I didn't pass my biology or maths. Uh, <laughs> And was that because you were drinking somewhere? Probably, probably. So I wasn't that academic. And whilst I think it's important, I, I tried not to focus on it too much. Yeah. So I suppose career-wise, when I first moved to Glasgow, I did exactly did just worked whatever I could get. So I worked like in a sandwich shop and the blob shop bar. And then I got a job in the Royal Bank. Um, so Mark was and my grandpa were quite a fundamental part of that because they helped with my application and everything. And then I got my job in the Royal Bank of Scotland when I was probably 18. Okay. And then I started there in the Mogai branch. Which well, is so weird because I lived in Mogai. I know, and I honestly think, like, I'm so bad with names, as you know, but great with faces. So I feel when you started at Fake Bake, I knew your face. I, I always felt the same as well. Like, so, like there was, like, a recognisable thing. Uh-huh. Is that bank with RBS? So, <laughs> probably served you at some point. Not very well. So, <laughs> so I did, like, you can do a cashier in the bank and maybe with the failing mass, I was utter crap at that like I just hated it so I was like I don't want to like be doing that sort of banking so I did the customer service kind of through in the back office where you phoned out and all that and then I went on in the bank you can work your way up if you put your mind to it so I became a customer advisor which is basically where you bring people in to review their finances like look at their financial situation if they need a loan a credit card a savings plan and off the back of that I then went on to do mortgages which again I didn't I didn't love mortgages okay but I loved that it was helping people get you know a house or whatever and then through the Royal Bank so that was from I was 18 till I was 22 and then I went on the fast track to become a branch manager okay so I was a branch manager for RBS and Barhead by 23. So that must be quite young to be a branch manager. Yeah I I think it was and I think looking back at the time when I was 23 you kind of thought you, not you knew it all, but you were like, oh, I'm a branch manager and I've nailed it. And But <laughs> I think I had a lot more to learn. And the bank was an amazing career for me. It was, you know, good earning potential, everything like that. And I was working my way up, but then my path took a complete change of direction. So tell us about this, because this is like mega. So anybody that knows me know I love, I've always loved like goals, visions, anything like quite out there, like putting your mind to something. So my vision was I was going to work in the bank, work my way up, you know, become an area manager, like whatever. Then one of my friends, Debbie Beatty, who was like a life coach at the bank to help you coach towards achieving RBS's goals, okay. had said to me, Vic, I shouldn't be saying this to you. I went out for lunch with her, but she said, there's a competition online and it's called The Hirer, and it's a Scottish entrepreneurial businesswoman who is looking for a candidate to join her business and work alongside her to help grow her brand. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, God, that sounds interesting. And she said the woman's name's Sandra McClumpa, and the brand is Fake Bake. Okay. So I was like, Fake Bake, I know that name. So I was telling my sister Emily, and she's like, oh, my God, that's that tan obviously coming from Rossi there's not any like high street shops yeah she's like that's that time that I have to go over the water and go to Debenhams to get that I wouldn't go out without it on right. so she's like just go for it so we get free tan brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> so, so I, I hummed and hawed at this point 
Mark and I had just bought our first flat, which is like we went from renting to buying a flat, so it's a huge financial commitment, obviously. Yeah. And um, he was like, "What you think?" And I said, "Well, I'll apply for it. I don't think anything will come of it. I'll apply for it." So it was an online video you had to do okay. of why you should be considered. And then I got shortlisted and put through to, like, it was a day in the Glasgow Commerce Chambers in town. Okay. And you get put through kind of business tasks at it. So I got put through that. Interestingly, one of my best friends, Louise, was at that as well. Okay. And I've been on to us, neither of us knew we'd applied for it. And then the following week, the the hire process phoned and said, okay, you've been shortlisted as one of the final eight to take part in this and at the end of it somebody's going to win a job but what's going to happen is you're going to have four weeks of tasks and you're going to be put up in the Earth Castle and you're going to be brought into Fake Bake Headquarters each day to work with the team and the owners, the bosses to see what they think of you and then they're basically going to pick somebody. So I thought oh amazing I'll go in and I'll tell the bank that great, I'll reduce my days, or can I have a month yeah, off, can yeah. I have a sabbatical, I've got this opportunity, it'll be more money than I'm making in the bank, it was a complete different path, and then when I went to the bank and took it to them, they were like, essentially, Victoria, what you're doing is going for a very extended interview, and we know how you are, and you know, you'll put your mind to it, and there's a chance you could get it, Yeah. so... If you're telling us you're going for this, we're going to remove the option of a sabbatical for you. We are going to say you need to leave the bank. And I was like, wow. So it was, was even more of a risk then. See, to be honest, it was, it was horrific because yeah. people used to say to me, <laughs> probably now like when they say about fake bake, if you were to cut me, I would have blade blue. Because when I do something, I do it. You're all in. Wholeheartedly. Oh, of course. So the Royal Bank, I was like ingrained in. Yeah. I felt like. So it was a massive decision. At the time, I wasn't married to Mark, and I remember going home and saying to him, I just like, I just don't think I can do this. We've just bought our flat. Like, we don't have savings. Everything's in the flat. And he was like, Vic, you're not going to get this chance again. Just do it. And I was like, How, how are we going to survive money wise? Like, because the bank are going to stop my money the minute I finish. Yeah. And he's like, that. We'll put it on a credit card. Don't worry. He's like, let's just do it. So he's such a good support, oh, Mark. He's, he's very, it's good to have someone like that behind you. Oh God, he's very like just if you. So I suppose I'm the massive dreamer out of us. Yeah. But like any relationship, like you and Lee, you need somebody who's totally got your back and supports like, your dreams. Go for it, and yep. you know they're great that way. The pair of them. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so went for it, and then after four weeks, thankfully, I won the role. And it's to work alongside, obviously, Sandra, who's now Sandra Vaughan, because she's married Danny. Um, and that was 11 years ago. So how did you feel? So you won the role. That's that's such a massive process. How yeah. did you feel when you won it? Um, I felt, I know it sounds silly, I felt like it was like a pinch me moment. It was the 15th of October, I can always remember okay. the date. And I... So we left here Castle and like my mum and my sister and my brother, I think the boys came, did they? My mum, well definitely my mum, my sister, don't know if my dad came, Mark obviously came and I remember being at Earth Castle and my mum's quite like intuitive, okay. not like not psychic or anything but she's just very, just a good reader of situations. And she really. said when I came into the room to see her before like the job was about to get announced, she's like, how are you? I was like bricking it because... I, like, if I don't win this, I've put myself out a career path, not just a job. I was, like, yeah. working my way up quite well in the Royal Bank. So I was like, what have I done? And she was like, you know, Vic, 
I don't want to sound arrogant, but you've won this. And I was That's like, true. you don't know that, Mum. She's like, no, I do. You, you've, you've definitely won this. And I was like, okay. So lucky an hour later, I was told I had. Um, so driving home, I remember thinking, wow, like this, do you know that way you just know something's going to change yeah. in your life? And I knew this was going to take me in a complete different direction yeah. to where I'd been. And how, so how did life change then? Like, so what type of things, because obviously Fake Bake, global company, like literally tans all the celebs, like how, what was your kind of intro roles and how did things change? So at the start, my role was completely different to what it is now, which okay. I was grateful to. So when I went into the business, obviously Sandra had got to know me throughout the process, the other directors, Ronan. So they both got to know me throughout the process. I kind of got to know some of the staff. But when I initially went in, we launched Fake Bake at Home. Yeah. So Fake Bake's hugely successful. Sandra and Jim Dock and different people rolled it out through the salon side of the business. But when I came in, my initial job was to roll it out to the mobile side. Yeah. And that was basically to get people getting tans in homes and our retail products like to the end user in homes. So that was my initial role. Yeah. As with Fake Bake, every day is different, which I like. I, I now know variety is for me. I can't, I don't like being too stagnant. Yeah. So uh, we did Fake Bake at home. And then my kind of role just kind of kept evolving as the business did. And then Sandra always says she looks at strengths and people and she realised people is my thing. I know that's a bit of a strange thing to say, but... So she then, as the business was growing, I started doing, looking after like celebrity bookings that came in. So my very first one that happened was the OK party in London. Okay. Um, Sandra said, we've had a request through for us to go and gift product. So I was like, okay. I've obviously, I'd obviously been to London a couple of times, but never in a work capacity. Yes. So she was like, I need you just to go down. She gave me the address of where it was and go and get product. Now, the great thing with Sandra is she'll just let you go and do it. Yeah. So I went, I went there myself. This is actually quite funny. I went there myself and that night, again, my mum and I knew my mum said, this night you're going to meet people that are going to be important to you. Right, and I was okay. like, right, okay. So I went and it was okay party. I went and set up all my products like to gift. So when they come to a gifting suite, it's about you speaking to the celebs and connections, gifting them the product. So in turn, they build a relationship with the brand. Yep. And in turn, you know, social media wasn't as big then, but it was like to do social media. So that very night, set up, and and walked Josie Gibson. Now I'd never met Josie before. <laughs> and anybody who like follows my page or whatever will know like so and yours. It was the start like, of a love story, wasn't what, it? Like what great friends we all are. And Josie came in and she'd broken her leg at the time. So like every day at the okay party was like all fancy and Josie was all fancy in a lovely blue dress but she had a sticky on <laughs> so she's like yeah can I have a seat because so, I had a seat <laughs> so she sat down and then we got chatting and she's like I think we'll be friends and I was like all right okay and then that was where I first met Josie I also met my friend Hayley that night um, so your mum was spot on yeah so it was a real pivotal night for people that are still in my life that I now consider friends yeah 
um, and it was my first kind of intro to that. It opened my eyes to there's a big wide world out there, and that side of it I do really enjoy. Yeah, the kind of gifting thing. And yeah, I enjoy just again connection with people connection. from all different yeah. parts of life. No matter what they do, everybody's got a story, and I love that. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, you've gone on to do so many more big celeb focused events, like. Uh -huh. From obviously the fake fake's own events right up to like MTV, like so. Tell us about kind of the spectrum of people that you've met, places that you've been, because it is. I, I mean, I know because we worked fake fake together. <laughs> it's hard work, and yes. it looks on the surface super glamorous, and it is. Yes. But behind all that, you're oh. peddling away, you're juggling so many plates. So it's not that it's easy, but tell us about some of the like the magical things that you've done with the brand. So you're right, you know, because obviously Laura and I met through Laura being the market manager at Fake Bake, and a lot of people have worked in the business, been through the business, that like the thing with Josie, the minute I met you, I knew we would be lifelong friends. Oh, that's so no, nice, and likewise. And then <laughs> when, when I was speaking about Mark and you were speaking about Lee, I knew they would be friends, so it's so like similar. perfect, it's worked, <laughs> it's great. So we're now all stuck with each other for life. Yes. Um, so, yeah, fake bake, uh, so every day is different. Um, this year I've done quite a lot of travel, which I've been really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, and I have travelled over the years, I've travelled to some phenomenal places, and I've travelled to some places I probably wouldn't want to go back to, <laughs> so uh, places I wouldn't want to go back to, it's always a laugh, um, Sandra had said, so the business is a worldwide business, yep. um, It's the product came from America, but Sandra looks after um, UK, Europe, everywhere basically bar Australia and America, yep. so one time she said to me, but can you go away and roll the business out in Saudi Arabia? And I'm like, um, yeah, okay. So we had in our head it'd be Sex in the City because the movie yes, just came out yeah. glamour. And we got there and they gave me a burqa to put on. And it was it was an experience. Like yes. I wouldn't want to go back because it made me realise how lucky women are in this country that we can have doing be anything we want so yeah. for me it was quite restrictive but eye opener so that was probably one of my least favourite trips uh, my favourite trip has got to be well I've had a couple New York was a real favourite yeah. for me and New York was when I connected with LaDonna <laughs> so LaDonna for me is do you ever meet MD and they're a tonic for life yes this woman is everything like she's she's everything so LaDonna is how she describes it as the me of America. Okay. So she'll do the events and look yeah. after things for the owners, Mary and Joe over there. Um, but she's just she's just amazing. She's got such a good energy, and like me, she's so passionate about fake bake. And we always laugh because we're a bit curvier. We're not the typical what you would think a beauty industry stereotype would need to look like, but we own it. And we love it. So that's been a real high meeting LaDonna. And with her, I've done a trip to New York, which Mark then came out at the end of. And we turned Brilliant. into a holiday, which was really special. And twice this year, I've been in LA with LaDonna, which has been an experience from start to finish. <laughs> um, the first time was for the beauty conference. Um, like, it's a beauty thing that happens every year and for influencers and the second time was not long ago I went out for we did our own activation and we went to the American Influencer Beauty Awards where Kim Kardashian presented awards so 
which is like one of the because I remember you messaged me and said that and I was like <laughs> that is just like because you, you obviously you see the Kardashians all the time on every uh-huh. media channel but you never think you're going to be in the same room as them I actually thought when they said it because it was makeup by Mario was getting a, an award and I was like oh that's Kim Kardashian's makeup artist so when they said oh we're going to welcome somebody on the stage that's appropriate to you know present his award I thought wow so for me I know we, you and I talk a lot about vision True story, um, earlier in the year, which we'll probably talk about, yeah. I'd had a bit of a hard time and I thought I need to get back to what helps me stay focused, which is goals. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody's got them. Like, a goal doesn't need to be, you know, you're going to take over the world. It can be a small yeah. thing to get you through that week or help you achieve whatever. But one of the things I really enjoyed was America. So I did a vision board. One Sunday, it was raining. Mark studying, so he was studying at the time been out for breakfast and I thought I'm going to sit and do my vision board because I've lost my way a little bit and I sat did all the different things around I want but I did a section on how I wanted to be in America and I'd put interestingly New York, Miami, Las Vegas, LA, not greedy here, Nashville (laughs) and I'd put like how I would be in America I'd love it I'd make connections there and moving forward I could see myself in America at least minimum once a year because I love it yeah so four days later, not word of lies, Sandra came through to my desk and said, Vic, if you get anything on on the 11th of August, and I was like, I don't know the date rings a bell, and she's like, you would want to keep that free. She's like, could you go out to Beautycon, which is this massive influencer thing in America? And I was like, whereabouts in America is it? And she's like, LA. So I'd never been to LA, and I'd wow. put it on my vision board. So it didn't disappoint and we took Jake Jamie with us who's a top UK influencer so it's always great to spend time with people who are in that energy that frequency well as I say no matter what anybody does I think if they're good at what they do in their field I want to be around them yeah yeah because you do when you're in someone's company who's kind of at that level you you that's Uh how you kind of aspire to be of so it's, ama- it's amazing to be in that space yeah of course amazing so. oh god right okay and then so what about celebrities that you've met and and like tanned obviously you know you've been in the same company as kim kardashian which is wow <laughs> but like what about other kind of standout meets so standout meets are again fortunate through because of brands a worldwide brand and you know, it's such a good brand to yep. be part of and it's so recognised. Some highlights for me, so we did um, MTV Awards um, and they were amazing. So what we did at that was like the backstage element. But I kind of suppose standout one was Ellie Goulding was needing a tan. Yeah. And um, Craig, who unfortunately is no longer with us, him and I were in, I think it was Milan that year, and she needed a tan, but we didn't have time to tan her for the red carpet because a spray tan takes time to develop. Of she was had not wanted to tan, and then her makeup artist Lucy was like, "Let's get." She now wants tanned, so there was a few hours to go, and I was like, "Oh God!" So I had to do a full body application tan on Ellie, and we used the five minute mousse. So a USP of our five minute mousse is it's transfer resistant. Yeah. Now after. 100% believe in the products but that has really put me to the test because these people get lent like ball gowns yeah, and, and they give them back yeah. that can be worth thousands of pounds <laughs> and I'm and she's going it's definitely transfer resistant and I'm like yep yeah, yep yeah. so I full body applied a tan to her 
Annie. The tan was thankfully amazing. The product, you know, works for itself. Um, so that was probably a standout. Yeah. What I loved about her was she was just a nice person. Yes. Like, you know, I think all these people have management and everything around them. Yep. But when you actually get to them, they're just people. Yeah, yeah. So that one and Ruby Rose for me. I think we spoke about oh, her yesterday. She's, just, she's amazing, Ruby she Rose. She has. You know how they say some people have an aura around them? Yeah. And, or, or have a thing. I wouldn't have believed it. That you're and, drawn to. But we went into the room to tan her. I still laugh at this. So our bless her late friend Craig, he was gay. And he was like, we told her she could turn me. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I think she could turn you the other way at all. <laughs> so there was she, just something so, so yeah, amazing about, about her. about yeah. her. And again, just a nice person. So yeah. there are probably a couple of standouts. Obviously, David Hasselhoff. I love David. David, um, David you've met Ed, Ed, Ed Yeah, I met him backstage at MTV. He was lovely. So, yeah, there are like real highs and real nice moments for me obviously i'm like wow it's part of my job but i love it more for i've got two nieces yes um, well, i've got three nieces sky's not of an age yet that but um sky and Aisme are my younger nieces but summer my niece who is 11 just now she loves like if i meet anybody like do you know what of course she, she does more recognize of course she does oh wow what a like what an amazing career and like when you think about like everyone that you've met i mean it seems like it's like a dream job really isn't it yeah at times it is yeah it definitely it's the same as any job there's parts you know you love and oh, there's parts course. that you've done but overall it's you know I, I love being part of the brand and you know it's funny people think my surname is fake bake which we laugh about <laughs> um, so no yes I do totally love it and I'm always grateful to Sandra Roaring for taking me into the business oh of course and you're such an integral integral part of it so you mentioned earlier on about goals Yes. Um, so obviously this, this podcast is going to be going out on the 30th of January. Oh, nice. So very pivotal time right before okay. we get into the new decade. Yes. So I thought you were the perfect guest for the, the time just before we hit the new decade <laughs> because everybody knows you. Vic has been so positive and, you. you know, you are a goal setter and you, you do your vision boards, which clearly yes. work. Yeah, they do work. Very into the moon. Oh, God, I love the so moon. So let's talk about that whole side. How did you... How did you go down that path because you I very much so learned a lot from you about all of it as well um I think I think I think obviously like kind of from a young age my mum and dad are very like you can have doing be anything you want we grew up with so much love so much love not a lot of finances okay and I think from that that gives you a drive that not like they couldn't have done any better you know how they loved us and brought us up but it's given me a drive and determination to create a life with that love yep. but with some additionals around it and I think we live in a society now that everything's possible so we're we are blessed so I suppose from quite a young age I had a wee bit of vision about things I'd have liked to have achieved and then my mum again is quite into it so is my dad um, just about kind of seeing where you want to go and picking so I suppose I've always kind of been into it I would say the same as anybody I think sometimes when you go through a harder time you search for something a little bit more yeah. so I actually think sometimes my harder times is when I come out better I know yeah. that sounds weird no, but that's also a really positive way of looking at it uh-huh. and I think you know guilty in social media whatever of people thinking 
you'll have a certain way, but they maybe don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So I think goals, vision, everything's super important. And I've found of late, we talk about this a lot, it's so important who you spend your time and energy with. Yeah. I think the older I'm getting, I'm becoming more selective, which isn't <laughs> a bad thing. Um, I just, like, if I meet somebody and they're, there's not a connection there, I just I can't really be bothered now. I know. Well, no, but that, <laughs> but do you know what? I think it is part of getting older because I would say I that know. I've definitely got like that. And I think, but I think for that person as well, if there isn't a connection there, yeah. on both your parts, it's a waste because it's going to be time and energy spent and something that's not going anywhere. And do you think, like, my, I was speaking to my mum about this recently. I used to, and I can't, I don't know when this transition changed. I used to be, a, I mean, a real worrier. Yeah. And people find that funny when they speak to me. They're like, I worry, and I, in my 20s, I worried about a lot. Yeah. Like, I, I, and now I, I'm not saying I don't worry about anything, but I feel as if you kind of come into your own more like the older you oh, get you do. and I think the goals and if you've got a bit of a vision of where you'd like to go that helps it does of course help. it helps and I think I think so to go back to the original question where does it start the secret's quite a big thing for everybody yes so do you know what I mean it the, is the secret yeah it's like a probably, it's like a gateway into it almost into it uh-huh. all so I suppose that and then a bit more searching around it you know I've done different courses yeah and different things that you know have helped me stay on track with it but to answer your question I've always kind of you've always mm-hmm. and your mum and dad are quite spiritual aren't yeah. they they're yeah, and, and like you said your mum's intuitive <laughs> yeah I would say my mum's like quite intuitive and they had us young so they had my sister and I my mum was like 18 and 19 so my sister and I are quite close in age and then my brother was 10 years apart but my mum and dad are no longer together but I think you know they have always installed us and as yeah okay we maybe don't have money but you can have doing be anything and that's amazing morals and like you said shrouded in love and everything but you so let's talk about emily and boyd because we've talked obviously about you know your mom and dad have had this influence this kind of spiritual and Uh influence and your your brother and sister are amazing so let's talk firstly about your brother and the path that he's chosen yeah, so Boyd is, as I say, there's 10 years of a difference between us. So Boyd was is obviously our little brother, but he is living such a different life to Emily and I. <laughs> so Boyd is currently um, a monk, and a Buddhist monk in Thailand. So he lives in Wat Pat Nana Chat, it's called. It's a Thai uh, monastery in Thailand. <laughs> so, And you think to yourself, like, because I've never met anyone who's got any family members that are Buddhist monks. I know. So it is, it's a really unique thing. But you you say that you think that he's the happiest person you know. See, genuinely, like, out of the day I know, and I don't mean that to insult anybody, I'm, I'm, I'm including myself in this. He is, so obviously being a Buddhist monk, there's principles you live by, and one of the principles are, like, belongings. So he doesn't have belongings. He doesn't have a bank account. He also doesn't have hair or eyebrows. <laughs> um, so and he's in full orange robes. But see, genuinely he's he lives day to day. It's a real kindness, like it's about being kind to others and not so much as hurting a fly. Yeah. And I feel boy doing this that sounds a bit crazy, but it has a positive ripple effect back the way to everybody okay. because it can only be a good thing that he's doing. It's a path I could never choose. <laughs> Never. Because it's, it's hard. Like uh, you said, he sleeps on the floor. Oh, he, uh, they get he up at like three in the morning. And... One meal. like yep. and, and, and I think 
and there's maybe me and wasting sight. Sometimes if I put too much downtime, I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. And people have this illusion that monks sit and do nothing. They actually do so much good in the community. Yes. But more but they deal with like the dying and the yeah. dead and grieving families and building schools and so they actually give so much back. But for me, yeah, I'm so proud of Boyd and I think it's remarkable, but it's certainly never a path I could follow. Oh, I know. I, I just genuinely don't think that I could either. Like, ha like actually, but but like you say, he's got he's got nothing, but he's so happy. So happy. It's such a lesson to everyone, isn't it? So you you went out to yeah. see him. My in mom Thailand. and I went out to see him in Thailand. That'll have been four five years ago now. Um, and it, it was a real experience. So um, <laughs> for him, it was probably a real experience. <laughs> so we went, and because Boyd has no um. Like, no thing of luxury or anything. Yes. You know, you sleep in a bed, that was it. So he kindly booked my mum and I accommodation. <laughs> and when we got there, a long flight, picked us up off the flight. We're obviously ecstatic to see him. So the first thing we noticed when we got off the flight is you're not allowed to touch him. So obviously I'm a real cuddly person. Yeah, so so when you see him, you're not allowed to touch him because out there they're very sacred. Yeah. Um, so off the flight he did his wee namaste bow at us and then the him and the other monks took us to accommodation and when we got there i was like this can't be it like surely <laughs> so we got there and all i can describe it as is a wooden hut so there was like a hut and i was looking at my mum and she's like oh that's fine don't like it's fine so we went in and i was like oh my god like we're staying here for like nearly two weeks obviously i'm out to see my brother probably through my job and the lifestyle and everything I'm used to staying in quite nice places <laughs> thankfully and we got in there and I went for a shower and the water didn't work properly and then I went to shut the curtains and like a wee mini gecko lizard jumped on me so when it jumped on me I shouted oh Fuck. We're allowed yes. to swear on the like, <laughs> Actually screaming and so Boyd had to come back and he's like, Victoria, I would think you've been in the country for half an hour, you've been typically British and I'm like, Oh right. He's like <laughs> loud and clumsy and I was like, Well you know that's who I am, but I checked out. Poor <laughs> 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 Boyd and my mum, I have to laugh at this. She was like, oh, we're fine staying here, but I'll need to go with her. I was like, Sheena, you're at it. Yeah, like, don't you use don't me. Want to stay don't use me. Either. So whilst I'm um, in awe of his basic living and everything, and I'm more in awe of not that, I'm more in awe of the path he's you know, going down, what he gives back to the world in terms of yep. kindness. And I think it's a real message that would help western society because yes. we are also busy me yep. included and i think it's you know to be at one with yourself one of how you are and not put focus on the things that we sometimes deem important like material possessions included. and different things like that like yeah. they, they don't have that so that's not important to them like and if i like I, he doesn't phone that often but if he ever does phone you know to check in if it's a birthday or something then i tell him I've got a new sofa. Like, he, he doesn't care. <laughs> he's like, what even is that? Yeah, so, so that he's, he's a real remarkable, unique character. Wow, that's amazing. And tell us, Vic, as well, because I, I remember when you first told me your brother was a monk, I was just like, what what would a kind of average day of a monk entail? So they get up at sunrise. So over yeah. there, because it gets light early, they can get up like anywhere kind of between three and four. And they will do a chant. So they wake up and do a chant. And it's all about gratitude, yeah. blessings, everything like that. 
then the most humbling thing they do is called a thing called Pindapa. And basically because the monastery doesn't have, you know, food in the monastery, they rely on the donations of villagers or yeah. lay people are basically people who are not ordained. That's people that visit the monastery. Yeah. So they do a um, Pindapat where they walk through the village and honestly my mum and I did it and the tears were dripping off our face. Oh. These are people that live in like tin huts yeah you know they don't have a lot but they're up through the night cooking rice and cooking all sorts for the monk because they believe that is like they call it karma instead of karma Karma. that's their karma that they're giving back and the monks give so much to the community that it's a way so that's a real humbling experience then the monks they have the one belonging they do have is like um an urn or tin I don't okay. know that like the food and stuff gets put into okay. then all the food gets taken back again this was quite funny all the food gets taken back and it all gets laid out and blessed okay. and they have the one meal a day they'll eat before 12 o'clock in the day yep. so um, but the funny thing is so somebody could be up cooking through the night and it could be rice it could be cakes yep. it could be whatever so it's essentially like a bowl but everything goes into it so you could have rice and a cake and cheese and ravioli and pizza oh, so and it could be like so sweet savoury like everything just all everything. goes in right okay but again they see food they're obviously grateful and they bless the food but they see food as a nourishment for the body it's not like a greed <laughs> the way the way we gorge ourselves so they see it as a, a nourishment kind of for the body okay. for your vehicle that you're here in Right, okay, so they're not bothered about separating courses no, or anything. Nothing. So they'll eat their meal and then in the afternoon it could be different. So the afternoon they could be going out to local businesses, um, you know, being there, they could be helping build things. They have like a burial thing within yeah. the monastery, they could be dealing with grieving families. They also sew and wash all their own robes. Right, okay. So Boyd can sew now, which for us is hilarious. <laughs> and for us it's really strange because Boyd um, was really dyslexic at school and he um when we went out there we were like, I wonder how he'll get on with the language. So when my mum and I were out, he's really good at it now, we needed to order a taxi. And he hadn't even told us that the next thing Boyd was talking in Thai. So we were like, and he was like, well, of course I've had to learn it. It's the language. It's where I live. That's so, so impressive. Though, so it's really, it? really great. And for him, he's now fully ordained. So what it basically means um, in terms of ordained, once you're ordained, you've got five years that you basically have to work through all the principles okay. and everything like that. And after five years, you're allowed to travel to other monasteries. Okay. So Boyd's five years cut from his ordination is coming up next year, I think, or the year after. And he'll then be able to travel around the world to other monasteries and, you know, spread goodwill and the message. That's amazing. Yeah, it's clever. It's so, it's it's just so different. But I know. So, like, it just sounds, he must just be so enlightened. I th- do you know what I think he is? He doesn't like ever really talk about it, but I always say this when he last, no, well, it won't have been last year, it would have been about three years ago, he phoned in October and said, the nearest Buddhist monastery to us in Scotland is really nice, by the way, if anybody wants to go, it's Harnham in Newcastle. Okay. And they follow all the principles of, it's like an outlet from Thailand. Yeah. Um, so Boyd said, I'm going to come back to Newcastle. Um, and I'm going to stay there for six months and we were like why and he's like just feel it's the right time the family can come and visit 
and I can still stick to my principles but in that time when he came back we unfortunately lost my gran, I lost Craig and he lost his school friend so he'll never see it but sometimes I think is he in tune and, yeah. and I asked him and he said I just knew I needed to come back know at why, that time and knew. I knew he just would need me so oh what a comfort to you so to have that I know he's amazing, he is. Amazing, and also equally amazing is your lovely sister, Emily. Oh, yes, uh-huh. Tell us why, because Emily's about to embark on, she's obviously had a real adventure to date as well, being a <laughs> mum, but tell us about something that she's working on. So, Emily is my older sister, just by like a year and a bit, um, but she's working on something amazing. So, she has brought up her two beautiful girls with her husband, Jan, so she's got Esme in summer, and again, you follow my page you'll see them they're such characters but Emily's got a real talent Emily's very creative and that's what I'm saying the three of us are so different so Emily's creative talent is like creative genius and she's been writing a book so yes I am biased but we've also shared it with yourself yeah, Josie, like close friends, and she's writing a chiclet book which you will just be rolling about laughing at some of it's quite filthy, so like, her mind's in the gutter. Right, Emily. <laughs> but um, she's releasing her magic to the world, so she has been working on it. It's now ready. It's out at agents, so to crack the book market is quite a tricky one. Yeah. But I know if anybody can do it, Emily can. Yes. So it's out at agents just now, and what you do is you send out a synopsis. So this has all been new to me. She's wrote the book. It's... Um, a modern day kind of Bridget Jones and yes. it's about um, a girl called Ailey, Ailey B and um, you'll fall in love with her because I do but yeah, I do think hilarious. has she pulled some stories of stuff that's happened to us and entwined oh, it she has. so Ailey is a 30 plus um, divorcee who's been through a really hard time and she hits rock bottom but the rock bottom is tied to it going viral through social media what happens mm. and it's really current just now with everything yes. that's happening in society yeah. but it's about Ellie's journey of falling back in love with herself yes. which I think is so super important full of lessons do you yeah. know that's what I feel I feel with Emily's book yes I'm biased but it's more than a book there's so many lessons in yeah. there about treat, how you treat others self love there's so yeah. many laughs along the way Um <laughs> But just a real story of empowerment again, but about having to go through lows to get to the highs. So, yes, watch this space. And she's also got another two books penned off the back of it. So, Ellie's Next Journeys. So, fingers crossed the agents will come back soon. And then before we I know it, this book will be hitting the shelves. I honestly have no doubt that they will. I know. Having read it, it's just... <laughs> It's hilarious, and I think it's so good. It could, it would, it would be a film. Yeah, I, I have that real vision for yeah. it as well. And I think the thing with any creative, because you're creative, and I always say this to you: you're your own biggest critic. Like oh, Emily's, like, oh, I don't know, yourself. I don't know, and I'm like, have you read this? Like, you wrote it, and it's bloody amazing. Yeah. We're all rolling about laughing, and it, so yeah, and I feel as if. Emily deserves this. She's oh, she in does. The work. She does. Do you know what I mean? Because she's always wrote books, hasn't she? Because when she had summer, she was right. She was yes. quite. She finds it a creative outlet. Like yeah. you know how some people maybe like to sit and watch a movie. Emily, because of how creative she is, likes to write things down Amazing. and bring them to life. I don't have that creativity, but I <laughs> <laughs> like a bit of both. I do think you are creative though, because look at look at what you achieve when you put your mind to doing an event. 
Yeah. I mean, there is creativity there. I know, but we, we enjoy the events. It's oh, just, yes. it's, I suppose it's finding what sets your soul on fire. It's finding the yes. thing that is right for you. And again, that's back to when you're coming into your 30s or 20s or whatever. It's finding that and knowing it and being good with it. Yeah. Like oh, 100%. Of, and I think you've got to go through the things that aren't right for you to get to the things that are. Exactly. Or else you would always wonder about those things that maybe yes. you've decided aren't. So 2019, we're about to embark on 2020, yes. a new decade. It's going to be, we've spoke about this, 2019's been a real roller coaster. It's been a real yes. different type of year. This year for me has had some, and we've spoke about this a lot, some of my highest highs but lowest lows. Yeah. That's, the best way I can see it. I think in terms of travel, like we've been to <laughs> Santorini and Mykonos, the dream. Still paying it off. Still, a ba- take a bag, loan, folks, take a bag, loan. Um, but that was March 40th and that it was, was like such amazing. a high. And we always say, <laughs> rightly or wrongly, you can't put a price in memories. No, you can't. Certainly for Mykonos, you will, <laughs> but you can. Um, so it's been a real year of highs. Earlier in the year, as you know, I did miscarry, which obviously is a real low for me and that's when I dug deep and really had to think right I need to get refocused and I'm making that sound easy you know you've had me oh, and good. everything it's not been the easiest but we're getting not. there but you're really and that's why I so admire about you Vic like you are able to really turn around something that is horrific uh-huh. and try and make a, not make a positive out of it but you're yeah. very good at changing your mindset so whereas like that's grief and it's yeah. full-blown grief and it's horrific but you have just got this massive capacity to be like right we're focusing on what we do want now and yeah. we're going to that, that's just natural to you isn't it I, I yeah I think so I think yeah. it's quite ingrained in people but I also think you're like that I think Emily's mm-hmm. like that I think Josie I think you know my best friend Laura McShane and Laura McAllister yeah. from school yeah. but I think the people and Louise and Alison every yeah. day I surround myself with I feel is like that so I, th- I think I think it would be easy as I call it to go into a pity party and don't get me wrong I've had my bloody moments this year sometimes that's what you need to eh? do poor, not poor Laura we're buzzing for Laura's news but it's been you know hard for you because you're obviously pregnant and we're struggling to tell me and then oh. how I found out still Let's, my I tell the story because I literally was I just because it, it was the same time yeah same time and that was always the dream to be at the Pregnant same time the same, and maternity at maternity the same and time. everything and i just didn't know i was like some some somebody please i actually did ask craig Aww. and i said craig you need to make this i don't know how i'm going to do this like because rightly so that's such heartbreak and you're such a good person so you you never at one any point made me feel like oh like but you had every right to. Oh, never. But I think I think for you, I then after... So basically what had happened is I was pregnant and miscarried. And then poor Laura, when I miscarried, was saying to me, so how did you know you were pregnant? And then you said after that, as I was telling you, like, because I was told basically I'd get polycystic ovaries, kids might not happen for me. So I suppose this year has given me hope and it's oh, given yes. me... The, the thing I'm knowing I will be a mum and Mark will be a dad yes. and I'm bloody fit. he'll probably be better than me <laughs> he'll probably be better than me but uh, yeah. you'll be so, the mum and you'll be the dad <laughs> uh, so I think that gave us hope but poor Laura as I was saying you know I felt 
all the things you feel with pregnancy. You then said you knew you were pregnant. I was taking it off in my head, like, right. So right. for you it was hard. Like, I always say this, for you it was hard as well. And then what happened, I was obviously grieving, you know, trying to get my head around that what wasn't to be. And then we'd seen you and Lee, and I had, so obviously we're all really good friends. I'd said to Mark, so we were going, we went to a theatre thing, and I said, I should think Laura and Lee were okay. And Mark was like, yeah, they had something on, so we genuinely didn't think. And then I was due to meet you, I think. And I had... Also, we voice note and phone every day, yeah. and then I dreamt as clear as anything. We were sitting at the Blackswood. I, I can see the dream, and I don't think I'm intuitive. By the way, I think this was Craig. I think because you'd asked somebody. Had I helped. do think you're a wee bit intuitive. So I was. We were sitting across from each other at the Blackswood, and you were crying. Not that I'd ever want you crying. Saying, Vic, I don't know how to tell you, but I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant at the same time as she. So I voice noted her the next day, being like, "Oh, how funny! <laughs> I've got something funny to tell you." And then you phoned me, and you're like, "Oh, Vic." Like I, know. I just couldn't believe it. I was just like, <laughs> "This is this is this is like what I'd because I, I, I wanted it to be done in a way that you were co- like comfortable, comfortable with, uh-huh. and, it, and it just wasn't." And I thought, "Oh my god!" No, but then I, I, you've got to believe everything happens for a reason, and you know what I mean? I've got to through you watch what it's going to hopefully be like, and do you know oh, what 100%. I hundred percent. So I, I think. I think, yeah, I think everything just comes and you've been so good as well because poor Laura, I mean, we're honest about it. The first time I met Laura and she was like, Vic, how are you? I started crying. It <laughs> felt awful. And no. she, you were upset, I was upset. Yeah. And I was like, we need to talk this out because I would never have anything affect in our friendship. And, you know, little baby McGuinness that's on its way will be part of Mark and I's life. Of course, so. and then you bloody did the baby shower and everything and it's just such a credit to your character no of course so I think the good thing is she's leading the way I'll hopefully so talking about goals for next year yes. leaving 2019 this year for me in particular and most people I spoke to yes. has felt like a bit of a uh, transitional a bit of a very transitional. quick very not really yeah, yeah. yeah. but Lots of gratitude for lots of things. So we obviously do our own visions and yes. our joint visions. And, you know, we are super lucky that, you know, some of our visions are around being connected to the right people, the right things. Yeah. And that has worked. Like, I know. It has worked. Uh, yeah. Um. So I'll carry on those visions. Obviously, one of my strong visions for 2020 is to be a mum. And one of the things we'd love is next year, for, it will be Laura's baby's first Christmas and God will and mine. Yes. And, I yes. need to get pregnant soon. Yeah, um, it will. So, yeah. So, exciting times ahead. Magical. Yes. And what would be your dream life? Because you, you dream big, and I think <laughs> everybody should dream big, because what's the point in dreaming small? I know. If you're, Sometimes so, I think I take it too far, but <laughs> that's all right. So, my dream life would be, I would still, I'm so love fake bake that, you know, it's part of me. I'm the brand. I just, I love everything yes. about it. Um, if, if I could wake up tomorrow and be living my very dream life, yes, I'd still obviously be married to Mark because, of course, Jesus, it sounds he's my soulmate, and I've literally grown up with Mark. See, because I've been with him since I've been 18, yeah, he's everything to oh, me. Of course, so, he is. Um, I'd be waking up still living with a well, living in Newton Mearns. Um, I would be doing fake bake, but alongside that, I would like to be working alongside my sister, helping her achieve her dream. Yes. Alongside you, yes. like Glasgow Girls Club, Josie. Yes. Like, you know, maybe doing stuff with her. So I think a real combination of things yeah. would be 
would be my dream because variety is really important to me. Don't like being office based. So, yes. you know, I'm grateful when I'm out and about a fake bake and then things with you guys. So that I would be a mum. I'm saying would, I will. You will. Um, I'd be a mum. I... Yeah, I think I'd just be happy and healthy. Another thing for me, a big focus for next year is weight loss. I struggle with my weight because of my polycystic ovaries, but I think it's back to life gets busy and you don't prioritise yourself, yep. whether you're a businesswoman, you're a mum, so you're whatever. Yep. So I really need to put some focus around that, which daunts me a little bit, and I'm not daunted by a lot of things, but it does daunt me a little bit with yep. you know what I've got to do around that. So weight loss, oh, holiday homes, holidays. I mean, the list, my list could go on and on. Travel. <laughs> that is so good, though. It's so good. What about you? What are you having out next year? I think, um, like you say, he- like health is so important, isn't it? Uh-huh. So I always think, my mum always says, your health's your wealth. So I always, like if I'm ever doing like a weekend of meditation or anything, I always think like health first. Yes. Um. And then, yeah, just to be happy, um, to be successful in whatever you're doing. So whether it's uh, the kind of consultancy projects, whether it's um, anything GGC related, just to be doing it good, but also Look be doing it with GGC, morals. Like, I mean, you have, everywhere I go, people will literally be like, oh, you know Laura from the GGC. Oh, so I think sometimes, see, when you're in it, you cannot see the success of it. No, but you can. <laughs> Thank you, but so, it's so... so look at what's been achieved and what I love about Glasgow Girls Club. Obviously, it's yours, so people will say, oh, I'm biased, but genuinely what I love about it is a community of pulling people together and there's no, like, it's all just nice, good energy helping people. Oh, that's... Oh, thank you, Vicky. So why that's... won't it succeed? Well, I know, oh, you know, it's been, a, this whole year's been a real learning and, like, business side of things is... is it's it's hard work, but it's good to surround like to surround yourself like surround yourself with yourself uh-huh. and like get great ideas and work together and stuff. Like we're obviously we're doing the GGC vlog, which yeah. is going to be a big thing for next year. Which we laugh about, so we're so lucky and we love doing our vlog. But we were talking about it this morning, and we hope people know this. We just kind of keep it new. Like we can't really be bothered like filtering in pictures. I mean, I posted one of our videos upside down, and I'm never connected. <laughs> but then seen a way that's who we are i know and you know what it's good and it's real and we're vlogs going well and we're enjoying it what about how do you think you're like how do you think you're going to be as a mum this next big exciting step what's it going to be like hopefully so having a real like magical first year as a mum was probably a good i want to make sure that i'm taking the time like we were talking Uh about like for maternity to be bonding with the baby I don't want to be the like because I've heard so many women's stories as you do mm-hmm. and I, I, and I feel there's a few common themes and themes which lead to unhappy mums uh-huh. are the mums that f- are that they have the pressure to go back to work right away yes. and that's not their fault that's their circumstance, circumstance having to earn money having to support their family but I that's something that because I am a workaholic I'm going to need to really have to be like no yeah this is more important to me and I think it's going to be good for I me I think it's going to be brilliant for you and as I said to you I think like the most pink baby girl we're ever going to see <laughs> is going to bring you just so much joy and I think it's going to give you different perspectives to so see the way 
you and I are guilty of working all the time and that sometimes is it maybe filling a void or is it maybe do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I know it, you don't know until you, you know, yeah. Like that's people it. say this will bring a whole different level of everything. Yeah. So I don't know, I just think I think twenty twenty is gonna be magical in lots For of everyone, ways. I think so. I think new decade, like new that's decade. Massive. Obviously, we're super into the moon, so every moon we've got a group WhatsApp with me, Laura, Emily, and Josie, and we, we write down our moon goals monthly. And Josie literally says that's been magic for her. So she I think just we ticks it off, doesn't going. she? she oh, she's just off. smashing it this doing this morning. morning. I know. Like Reggie's coming in her own and his own, so it's great. She's so deserving of that success, isn't so she? So deserving of her, so deserving. But no, life life is good, isn't it? And it's, it's exciting to see where everything's going to go. Yes, bring it on. But I think first and foremost, everybody get your goals down. Whatever's yes. personal to you, get it down on paper. And you don't need to, like some people say you need to look at it every day. I think see if you're just clearing your mind and you know yep. where you're going with it. And I think if you want other things to help, you know, there's life coaches, there's courses we yep. previously did i've did the key course yeah coaches so there's all different things that will help you get to your goals but ultimately they're yours so own them so own them so if you were to give some people three tips yeah leading into the new year which they could be doing monthly or they could be doing regularly to get their minds clear and focus on what they want what would they be so my three tips would be write down where you want to go okay and it's an old quote but it's true yeah pl- what is it i thing written down becomes a plan so okay. if you're basically just talking about it but not actually doing it's anything towards it ether, yeah. you write it down and you know where you're going so I would write down your goals and review them, that would be step one Yeah, I would be careful who you give your time and energy to because I think you know yourself if you've been around somebody and they're uplifting, you're buzzing when you leave them yeah. and you feel like vibrant and fulfilled yeah. so I would be really conscious around that and the third one is do what makes you happy and yeah. sets your soul on fire. And as cheesy as that sounds, you know what makes you happy and what doesn't. Yet, like only a donkey keeps hitting its head. I say, I <laughs> and I, I do stuff that doesn't, so, you know, so essentially make me happy. Yep. And I know it doesn't, but I go back to it. So I think you need to, you need to. Next year needs to. Everybody needs to be about self care, and yep. we want everybody to achieve everything. Everything, and and how important as well is time. Oh, wow. Like time is more is more valuable than money. Well, look at this year. Like this year has just been. It's disappeared, and that's a full year of your life. I know. I feel as if it's clipped and been done, and time you'll not get back. Never and I know get back. It's crazy because you know you know all this, but I think sometimes it's good to remind yourself. Yeah. And I think for us, sometimes it's good. To, it's okay to have a chill out night. Yeah. It makes you appreciate. It gives you balance. Yes. Because too much of a good thing is a bad thing. Yeah. Isn't uh-huh. it? So you want to, but yeah, no, so it's, and, and that's particularly important when you're spending the time and doing, going to the things that you want to go to because that is so valuable to you that you'll never get it back. True. So only spend it on things that you enjoy, you love, or, or maybe, you know, even if things are a wee bit tough, but you are giving back to people, that you're helping people. It's much more rewarding than. A lot of the bullshit that we all do, let's face it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so true. But I think 2020 is going to be great for everybody. Yes, yeah, so on that note, yes. to this, we 2020, if this goes out on the 30th in two days, Yes, oh my God. So two days time, guys, get your goals written down. 
Yeah, and smash them all. And smash them all. Well, Vic, it's been brilliant speaking to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being the GGC podcast. I think we should catch up again. Yeah, definitely. Right, we can find out at the end of the year what your goals were. And, and likewise. Nice. Right, speak to you soon.